0: I was listening to one of our Jersey episodes the other day. Oh, yeah. And at the end, you told everyone to stay
1: truthless. (laughs) Isn't that what I'm supposed to say? Oh, oh, my God, it's truthful, right? Stay truthful. I think maybe we've done that to ourselves by the name that we chose. Have we talked about that yet? I don't think so. Where the name came from?
0: No, I think we made a TikTok, but right. we didn't, have never discussed it.
1: So it's coming from the now iconic scene on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, where they're discussing the charity, Dorit's charity, Homeless Not Toothless. And <laughs> I just remember you and I like cackling, dying hysterically with laughter over the way they're all stumbling over the homelessness Not toothless. No, toothless and the homeless. And then Kathy Hilton saying, like, I've worked with the homeless and I've worked with the toothless.
0: (laughs) It was so chaotic. And it was definitely up our alley.
1: (laughs) And I mean, I do see the flaw here that we've actually modeled our podcast name over a tongue twister, especially the intro. (laughs) I find very difficult. Welcome to Hopeless, Not Truthless, the truthful podcast about untruthful, like, there's so many um, places where you could mess up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's definitely one you want to write down,
1: yeah. I should just get it, like, tattooed or something. That's a good, very um, rational
0: thinking, Norelle.
1: If we ever get to, like, I don't know, a thousand followers, <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> Do it on myself. You will?
0: Okay. Okay. I'm into this.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm regretting just saying that out loud, but I'd probably do it. You know me.
0: I think you might. Uh what would you get?
1: Um maybe Kathy Hilton's face. No, I'm just kidding. Um (laughs) stay truthful, maybe. Or no, (laughs) maybe just not hopeless. (laughs) Not hopeless. want to make sure the world knows. I'm not hopeless. It looks like I am, but I'm not. Well, we did reach
0: a big milestone. We have a hundred listeners, which I cannot
1: believe because I honestly thought even when we had 50, I still was telling myself that's me and you.
0: (laughs) I know. And it's so exciting. We keep checking every day, like, oh, we got another few. And it's so exciting and we are so excited and honored to share the space with all of our fellow
1: Bravo heads. And I think the part that is so thrilling for me is I've, I love listening to podcasts and I've listened to a few where I've been there at the beginning and I've gotten to know these people and then I've watched their podcasts, like become more popular and take off and just hearing the way that they would describe it. I'm not saying our podcast is taking off by any means. However, the excitement that I'm feeling, like, oh my God, a hundred people have listened to this. It's crazy. It is. And I'm with you on that. It's
0: a very exciting time. It's nerve wracking. It's a place of vulnerability and putting your opinion out there is always kind of scary, but so far we've had some really incredible listeners and I love... Just engaging with them on our TikTok and seeing what they have to say.
1: It's really been a blast. It really has been. And there are some smart people on TikTok. Like the things, some of them, their ideas. Like I am loving the interaction that we've had. We do need to get better at Instagram and Twitter.
0: I know. Like TikTok seems to be our, our, our fun space. Twitter is a little terrifying. But I'm slowly easing, easing us into the Twitter world.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm responsible for Instagram, which is why it's empty. <laughs> no, it isn't. You are amazing. Yeah, I'm amazing at putting my TikToks on Instagram. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Narelle. Welcome to Hopeless, Not Truthless, the Truthful Podcast about untruthful people, hosted by two hopeless women. Today we're discussing Vanderpump Rules Season Ten, Episode Nine, Forbidden Fruit. Katie and Schwartz celebrate a milestone in their breakup with an extravagant dinner that quickly goes south. Sheena erupts on Lala for skipping wedding events to avoid Raquel. James must atone for his behavior when his temper gets the best of him. Be sure to follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at Hopeless, Not Truthless, and join in on the discussion. (laughs) I see Schwartzy was on Watch What Happens Live. Talk about a tongue twister, Narelle. Oh
1: my God. Okay. So I saw somebody, I think maybe it was on Reddit. Someone said it was almost as if Sandoval had prepped him before the show and given him a list of things not to say. And Tom Schwartz got confused and said all of those things instead. He was like a loose cannon. Oh my God. People loved it though. Like it's
0: all over my socials. It's all all people are talking about. And I have seen several
1: clips. It was uh, very unhinged. Do you think it was because I would imagine there's been a drop-off in interest lately? Like, we're all waiting for the reunion. We're all waiting for the actual scandal to be shown on TV. And so far, we're only getting hints of it. And I know everybody has been talking to Andy because he's mentioned it. About like, show us. We just want to see now. I kind of thought Schwartz going on what Happen, Watch What Happens Live was going to be a bit of a dud. A bit of a nothing. I thought nothing was going to be said. I thought it was, you know, I might just give it a miss. Catch up on it later. I had no, absolutely no inkling he was actually going to drop some tea.
0: He dropped a lot of tea. And I kind of was under the same impression, thinking due to the contract and everything, he wouldn't be able to say that much. But he said a lot. And the one thing he did say was that when Andy asked him, do you think Raquel and Tom will make it? And he said, their relationship is toxic.
1: I wonder what Sandoval felt when he watched episode and saw that that's the way schwartz has described it and then he kind of clarified like it's like tom thinks of her as heroin like raquel is sandoval's heroine so the toxicity there is the obsession which he also likened to sandoval having adhd which i think is Bullshit. I know there's a lot of people out there with ADHD who are reeling from that because like, how dare you try to say any of this is blamed on, you know, any kind of situation like that. Um, Absolute bullshit, I think. It started toxic. They're doing it
0: probably for the wrong reasons. I mean, the excitement of it, which I think is probably what appealed mostly Sandoval to Raquel was uh, probably the main reason they hooked up probably the main reason they're still together but you know Tom did really kind of throw Sandy under the bus and I was here for it he said he was being fed a narrative from him and that allegedly Sandoval has tried multiple times to end it with Ariana and they were like super unhealthy and unhappy and he just kind of placated him.
1: It really rubbed me the wrong way because I've been expecting that narrative to come out. Like that's He's playing the same narrative that he did with Kristen, which was, let's paint this as a really unhealthy relationship, very unhappy, like he's making room for himself and a reason for why he cheated, and I hate that. That kind of ties into what I realized now was my point that I forgot to say. I feel like Schwartz was almost told to drop a lot of tea and to, like, maybe Andy gave him some guidelines of what he could share in order to keep fans interested, like, as time goes on, because we're all waiting. We're all like, give us more, give us more, give us more. Absolutely. Um, That's a,
0: a really good point. Things have settled down. And Ariana's not saying anything. There was an interview, um, I think TMZ, the same TMZ guy. I'm not shitting you. The same TMZ guy caught her in the airport. And he asked her how she felt about Raquel being at her house while she was away filming. She's like, I don't care what she does. I know Lala and Katie seem to be trying to keep the momentum up. Obviously, you know what? They're all trying to make a few bucks from this, gain some celeb status. I understand that, but I do totally agree with you. This is a publicity thing.
1: And what about Schwartz saying that he knew Sandoval and Raquel had a one-night stand in August? Oh,
0: I, almost from this episode, I can almost fully guarantee... They slept together before this wedding.
1: So you think it was before the wedding? Because the wedding was in August, right? Yes. Uh, I think August 23rd was Sheena's wedding. I think the, the fact that they're kind of owning up to that and the fact that that's being accepted now is, okay, well, we did have a one-night stand in August. Pretty safe to assume. You're right. It did happen earlier. And it's probably been more than just the one-night stand. Like, can you call it a one-night stand if it's happened five or ten times? No
0: kidding. I also think, going back to your theory, coincidentally, the show that they're airing right now is
1: August. Mm. (laughs) I mean, timing-wise, it kind of all works out
0: hmm it sure does very interesting interview I can't wait to watch more clips we don't get to see it in Canada for a few days of course
1: oh I know it is so annoying being in Canada like so I watch Vanderpump and Housewives through my hey you channel um, that I get through Amazon and I the episode for Vanderpump actually goes up really quick thank god But the Watch What Happens Live is like two or three days later. It's so annoying. It's irrelevant by then. Really? I know. I've seen the whole thing already. Andy, take care of the Canadians. Come on, man. Like, we do things for you sometimes. (laughs) Never. No.
0: (laughs) We spend money. God. All right. Well shall we
1: get into it this episode Sarah I so the last one I felt like was filler last week's episode this week's episode I feel like we're getting somewhere finally I had so many thoughts and emotions and physical reactions to this episode mostly cringing (laughs) yes a lot of cringing was done
0: I'm feeling like this is definitely the path we want to go on. There wasn't too many telltale signs here, but there were a few that I really wanted to talk about.
1: Probably my first cringe of the episode was watching Katie and Schwartz's dinner. Okay, first of all, the poor waiter, poor Vladimir, empty restaurant and two divorcees, but also poor Katie. The spectacle of Schwartz's suit really annoyed me um, because I think it was a total reminder for Katie about the man child that she used to be like tied to in marriage so thank god that's over but his inability to concentrate on what she's saying and the conversation and the points that she's making wearing sandals with the ill-fitting suit continuing to refer to her as Bubba why the hell did he bring up that he believes he's more apt to defend her post-divorce as a as a viewer i know that that's false you could see katie's like visceral reaction because it is absolutely false he's claiming that she pulled the husband loyalty card multiple times a day in the beginning of their relationship and heaven forbid That a wife, you know, might want her husband to support her in any way. Heaven forbid, Schwartz. And then he goes as far as calling her a provocateur. Did I say that right? Provocateur? I think you did. (laughs) A provocateur. (laughs) Provocateur. And he doubles down on it he's definitely doing his best to push his own narrative here. And that narrative is that he was a good, long-suffering husband.
0: Yes, I definitely agree with you. He is working it. And I think only for the show, but he can't possibly believe the things he's saying. He, he really can't. I think Katie is spot on when she says Schwartz just didn't like her. He was very callous with her. Saying that, I do think Katie holding on to this friendship is unhealthy. I I really believe in my bones she's holding on to Schwartz for a couple reasons. Obviously, there's an emotional tie there, emotional connection. But I feel like she thinks people like him more and that will keep her in the friend group, keep her on the show, keep her
1: kind of status quo. Her confessional, when she's admitting or realizing I think she probably realized a long time ago that Schwartz just didn't like who she was as a person I found that that was that was a sad watch for me I I felt it in my heart the point you made about Katie like holding on to the friendship and how unhealthy it is I so agree but I also think that Tom is holding on to it as well He still needs his mommy and a lot of the situations we're seeing him in, like social situations, trimming his armpit hair, for instance. I do think Schwartz is right when he says it's better that they don't talk that much because he has no respect for her. And even when she breaks into tears and has to leave the table, like he's still smiling and joking around. He's always the joker. It's so hard to watch.
0: I literally wanted to jump through this TV Smack him and say, take it seriously. You're hurting this woman. You've hurt her. You've betrayed her. You treat her like garbage. At least in your divorce, have some respect for her, please. But of course not. I do got to say, though, Narelle, changing subject here, but there was a scene with James when James is at the dinner table with Ariana, Lala, and Christina. And there was a moment that I observed that stood out to me. It was weird. It seemed like Lala really wanted James's attention. She, I don't know if you noticed this, but she, like, looked at him. And then she had a weird smile on her face. And then she looked away. And then she looked back at him, smiling coyly. And then she looked back to Ariana. And she touches her breast And she said, asked if her nipples were even what the hell do you think lala i don't know if you noticed but if you did do you think lala still has feelings for james okay i
1: i mean i definitely noticed the the nipple uh nipple gate with the right nipple being too high or something and i thought it was weird because i i watched james's expression in that whole exchange It did strike me as weird. It also, I didn't notice the look that she gave James, but I did notice that when Allie walked up to the table, when she returned um, from storming off, like Lala just sat there on her phone and ignored the whole situation. She was just scrolling. It was kind of rude. And right before she gets there, James was saying to her, I know you don't really care and I still love you.
0: Super weird behavior. There's something going on. I felt a lot of Lala and James vibes this episode.
1: I kind of noticed like the way Lala's behaving on this trip a little bit bad friend energy. Sheena and Brock are right. Like it does. It comes across a little bit. Like she's choosing Katie over Sheena and Lala saying that um, she's trying to protect Sheena's positive energy and vibe. It seems like that would be a nice thing to do but it feels almost petty like saying all that though Sheena's so OTT with the wedding stuff the need to be the center of attention all week is so much I think if I was Sheena's friend I would have like preemptively become very stressed out about this trip, knowing what Sheena expected of me. It's kind of like Stasi with the, it's my birthday bullshit for every season. There was some, it's my birthday, like the entire week. I think I would also find it just a little bit exhausting. Like all of the events Sheena has going on. So I get it, but Lala is maybe going a little bit too far. <sighs> Yeah, you know, sh-
0: people like Sheena, who need that constant attention for multiple days <laughs> during special events and occasions, I I cannot relate with those people, Narelle. I don't even want people to wish me happy birthday. So I completely get Lala's annoyance. Um, seeing that, though, I don't. I did not care for Lala bringing Christina to that first night dinner, knowing how Sheena is feeling about her. At the end of the day, you are there to celebrate Sheena. I don't care if you don't want to go on the catamaran or what what have you, but
1: don't bring her enemy to dinner, for God's sake. Yeah, that was, I did not expect to see Christina walk in. The balls. Required. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. What are you doing here? Yeah, Christina. God, stop showing up, man. But speaking of Christina, when she goes to counsel Katie after her terrible, horrible dinner with Schwartz, this, I liked her. I thought, oh my God, here's a moment with Christina that I, I really appreciated her being so upfront with Katie and i wish i really do wish he would use her voice more instead of parodying everyone else it's frustrating as a viewer narelle raquel raquel showing up to katie's room omg like that quickly turned the emotion from sadness to anger real quick in that room baby like i cannot believe she had the nerve to tell Katie she is not allowed in the preferred area or the swim up bar or whatever when Sheena is around and I died when she explained to them what a
1: swim up bar is <laughs> I loved the shade that Katie was like subtly throwing Raquel's way <laughs> like the little <laughs> smug smiles like well you know maybe I'll go maybe I will go maybe I'll be too drunk maybe I'll just show up maybe I'll swim up there
0: and then Christina asking Raquel, does this include me too? That was so funny to me. I don't know what to think of Christina. I, I kind of thought in that moment, Christina just wants to be on a certain team, but she also wants to now, in this case, participate in all the fun events. I think it's pretty self-serving, to be honest.
1: Yeah, that's a little bit what I was kind of picking up on as well. Like it seems like oh okay kind of trying to save yourself there hey christina you want to be part of all the fun events and speaking of fun events the guys are downing shots at the day club um at playa del carmen james not feeling it james is not feeling it at all i think it's because he's just a little bit too sophisticated he's too worldly the scene where sandoval is having a heart to heart with brock And talking about being optimistic about any relationship ever, this might go hand in hand with what Schwartz said on Watch What Happens Live last night about Tom being in love with Raquel.
0: Oh, yes. Agreed. That was poignant. You can tell Tom has a different edge about him. Speaking of Raquel, Schwartz and Sandoval, (sighs) when they're at the pool checking girls out where Sandoval drops a little hint that he and Ariana are always checking girls out and then he kind of slyly throws in there oh and guys and then all of a sudden Schwartz thinks he sees Raquel really give me a break of course it wasn't her obviously she's on a catar- catamaran I, I can't say that word a catamaran with Sheena but when Schwartz says Raquel is beautiful but I just can't uh hello geez you know I wonder why I'm almost positive at this point Schwartz knew about Raquel and Sandoval having a one-night stand so as we said before like Sheena's wedding was in August Sandoval told him they had a one-night stand in August
1: I still stand by
0: Schwartz was a pawn
1: we know that schwartz knows there was a one night stand in august but did schwartz know in august that there was like do you know what i mean like was mm-hmm. he aware during this filming that they had had a one night stand because that changes everything and makes it a thousand times more disgusting that he's pursuing raquel in any way well
0: and this is the thing i i was thinking to myself, how long do you think Sandoval could have kept that secret from Schwartz, really? I think, I don't know, they spend a lot of time together. I just feel like that's something he would not be able to contain because he would be absolutely overthrown with excitement and the energy, all
1: of those hormones. Oh, please don't talk about Sandoval's hormones to me ever. Mm-hmm. Okay, and let's talk about Lala warning Allie about James. Like, do we think, is residual Randall damage? Or do you reckon this is because she's jealous and she's kind of disguising it? Because I think it's both. In her confessional, she implied that her and Raquel had tunnel vision because, you know, this man is amazing at creating the illusion. We know she's referencing Randall, but it kind of feels like she's talking about her relationship with James. Like at first I thought she was, you know, I've always thought that Lala and James were endgame. I really do think if James was to get sober again, I think they might end up going down that road together.
0: Oh, that's interesting. When I was watching that scene, I really had a hard time with Lala because she's telling Ellie she loves her. She's talking to her like a sister, a big sister, all this stuff. It felt bullshitty to me it felt like Lala had ulterior motives here I think ever I don't know maybe it is because you planted the seed that Lala and James should be together forever there was weird Lala and James stuff happening I think she outwardly hates Raquel who is James's ex obviously she can't now outwardly hate Allie so her warning Allie against James like that. I think that is her jealousy more than anything, more than Randall. And I do think she was talking about James in her confessional.
1: Mm, That's an interesting point. I think there's definitely some truth to it because like you, I'm sensing energy. I actually think she was being completely genuine and that the tears were genuine, but I don't think Lala yet understands her motives i think i think she is jealous i think she likely is maybe starting to feel differently towards james but i don't think lala knows i think it's all subconscious at this point she
0: does act erratically she's
1: also in a vulnerable
0: position right now in mexico sober with a bunch of drunken animals james included Maybe she kind of felt like James would be her ally there, her sober companion. Clearly not happening. Speaking of drunk people, we then pan over to Schwartz and Sandy. Narelle, I can't. They just look like two frat boys amongst a group of mountain men. Brock's friends. I'm like, okay. I wouldn't mind being at that hotel right now. But they Schwartz and Sandoval look disheveled, and they everything about them look greasy, and I could not handle when they were trying to flirt. It was revolting to
1: me. It it's weird because Schwartz and Sandy they're in our like they're in our age group. I think they're only a few years older than us, it's a couple years. I don't know how many years. So in. <laughs> in all reality, like they're the same age of men who might approach us in that kind of situation to have a conversation or flirtation. I would be so (laughs) repulsed if somebody like uh, with those sunglasses and that mustache came up to me, there is something so greasy about both of them in appearance, but also personality. I could, my God. Watching Schwartz hit on that woman, what was her name? Barr. I felt such secondhand embarrassment the way he's stumbling over his word. it's given it's given me like kindergarten first day of kindergarten vibes. It was weird and so just not sexy.
0: I was gonna say I've had more distinguished dates or men approach me in grade 10 okay? Like, these dudes have no game. And it kind of makes a lot of sense why Tom and Raquel just hit it off. Because in that friend group, I think Tom obviously thinks he's the coolest of them all. But it's slimy. The whole thing was slimy. And I gotta say, Schwartz is looking really kind of uh, disheveled and his hair
1: what's up with his hair i don't know i think as well the reason he's doing so well with raquel is that you don't need any game to get with raquel (laughs) fair and schwartz is looking disheveled because he doesn't have his mommy to look after him anymore and like iron his clothing and probably tell him like you should have a shower you dirty mongrel
0: That is very true. Katie is like a mother to him.
1: How could you not resent that chi- man child? How could you not? I'm speaking as someone who's dated a man child and who has had to be in that mother son relationship just to make it work in any way. Like have I've had to run his life for him. This is a past relationship. By the way, I'm not still in this relationship. It kills your sexual desire 100% for your son, basically. Nobody wants to have sex with their own son. It's no wonder the sexual side of their relationship just disappeared because it doesn't work when one partner is being parentified. Is that a word? Uh, It is now. Parentified. We're conversating. We're conversating about parentification. That's a word. (laughs) Speaking of parents, um, the only time we saw Lisa and Ken the entire episode was them laughing about the promise of shorts and Sandy's opening in 10 days, because I think they know there's there's no way. There's not a shot in hell. Um, The guys are partying at Sheena's wedding, and they're back in LA talking about, like, Lisa thinks she should meet up with Greg, which is weird. She's... She's kind of panicking for them. And as per usual, she's putting so much time and effort into bettering the Toms' position in business and in life. I know.
0: And we both are huge Lisa fans. I love Lisa. I respect her. But I found it really appealing, if that's an appropriate word, that she seemed to be implying that this is more on Greg than Tom and Tom. I mean... At this point, I'm pretty sure Tom Sandoval was touring around with his band, wasn't he? Or I don't know. It doesn't matter. He's, as Schwartz said, Sandoval fixates. I don't think he was fixated on Schwartz and Sandy's at that point. But Lisa, hold them to task more. If you really want to help them, I I don't know. There's a weird relationship dynamic going on there. Do not like it. So, Narelle, your favorite garbage person, <laughs> was killing me, making fun of Brock's group of friends. I kind of like his group of friends, but for different reasons. But what was with the Viacre comment? <laughs> it was so weird. This seems to definitely be the point where James is starting, I thought, where he was starting to question Lala's intentions when it came to Allie. Because Allie came back to the room and said... Lala and I had a heart to heart and James was pissed he said you know this is confusing in his confessional he's like this is confusing and as much as I think James is a garbage person and I hate his nasty insults and all the things he does I think he's smart and he is starting to suspect Lala has some ulterior motives here
1: Okay, but the funny thing is, is that it's just a slightly different version of what James did to Lala when she first started dating Randall. But instead of trying to appeal to Randall's sensibilities, like I think Lala is trying to appeal to Allie's, he just made fun of Randall continually to Lala and to everyone. It's just a different form of almost preventing the other one from moving forward in a relationship with someone other than them. Mm,
0: There is something here for sure. And I think you nailed it when you said neither of them really can understand it and act on it or process it. So they're just doing, they're basically just following their, their instinct or their kind of reptile brain, I suppose.
1: Yes. Their lizard brain, their lizard brain. It's subconscious instinct almost. I don't think either of them, especially James, is conscious of it. But it is some weird drive when it comes to each other. And going back to Lala and how she was saying, like, I'm not here for Katie. It appears she very much is. Like, her alliance is definitely with Katie and Christina. She obviously knew where Sheena's opening dinner was going to be. And yet she's sitting there with Katie and Christina directly across from it. And I think this makes a really big statement. Even Katie was smirking in her confessional about how she was like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that that's where the dinner was going to be. And that little smug smile she does, like it was deliberate.
0: Very deliberate. I would be interested. I act out of spite if I knew someone didn't want me there, I'd be like, well, fine. So I kudos to Katie for not giving a shit. But when, <laughs> when they panned to her, and they're like, she's like, I have the best energy. Give me a break, girl, Katie, girl, you've got great qualities. Your energy sucks the life out of people. Okay. I really found it fascinating that the minute lala was around katie and christina she turns into a mean girl she just started complaining about all the wedding activities and i understand you know like we said there's a lot but she knows that sheena is type a she knows what sheena is like if you're gonna sit there and complain to your friends in a mean girl way that's shitty And I I know damn well you got an itinerary beforehand, Lala. Okay.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. I didn't consider that. But she definitely got an itinerary. There's no way Jishu didn't give her one. (laughs) So I tend to see things more from Katie's perspective, like, more often than not. And I think that's because of my past relationships. Like, I... I think a lot of her bad energy and Downer Debbie, Debbie Downer moments actually come from being saddled with a baked potato for a husband. I think Ariana's shine was definitely dulled by Sandoval in a very similar way. So when Christina drops that she went and had a heart-to-heart with Sheena, like right before this, and how she apologized to her for saying nasty things about her first wedding, you can tell Katie is unimpressed. And I have to say, I think I would be annoyed too. Like I've heard Katie in podcasts explaining that she actually had to stay at this hotel because of filming permits. Like she couldn't stay anywhere else. So it's probably super awkward for her to be there while not being a part of all of these big wedding events. And she brought Christina specifically to support her. And now Christina seems to be jumping ship and trying to improve her own image with the group. I... I'm with Katie. Yeah. You know, I, that's good to know about the
0: filming license. I understand that. I totally can even appreciate staying at the same old hotel. And I think Sheena's being bitchy, but I also think Katie's being bitchy. I have, I have to say, I've never been a huge Katie fan, just because maybe you're right. Her baked potato has exploded. And it's just, It's hard to see someone so uh, grumpy, honestly. I find her grumpy. I I would have a hard time being around someone like that all the time from what we see on TV. I'm talking about Katie, the character. I hope we see a total glow up when she's away and released from Schwartz. This whole friend thing is not serving her well. I need to mention, Norelle, to you, the Raquel and the Muppets. (laughs) I don't want to have to laugh with Raquel, but I was almost in tears because to me, it was accurate. I feel like the two old men, Arcadia and Christina, (laughs) just like I thought they were Katie and Stassi, kind of, uh, you know, people who I wouldn't jive with personally
1: that whole confessional, I I mean, I admit, hilarious, I think it was accentuated by the fluffy, feathery, Muppet style, like sleeves of Raquel's dress. Um, I laughed for sure. And I think she's right. Like there is a bit of a old man vibe when it comes to whoever's sitting beside Katie. But I do, I just, I relate to her and I see a lot of myself in her. So the more you're talking about how much you can't imagine being friends with someone like Katie. I'm like, I think I'm like Katie and you're my best friend.
0: Oh my God. I don't think you're like Katie at all, but that's interesting how we see ourselves sometimes. I mean, I think we all have Katie in us and I think Katie's rational. I think she's intelligent. I think she's sparky. I like all of those things about her I just feel like maybe she's always aligned with the mean girl. She likes that. I, I really, truly believe that. And I don't like mean girls. I think it's icky. I get the ick.
1: I think maybe I mostly relate to Katie's experiences and the things that Katie is going through. And I naturally am just kind of probably rooting for her because I see myself in those situations as well. I definitely think there's lots of times I've gotten the ick from the meanness as well. And I mean, she's always doing things that I'm like, well, I probably wouldn't have done it that way or said it that way. It's probably more her life experience that I'm relating to man experience. I should say. Yes. I can attest that
0: it is a very similar.
1: What about that weird spinny thing with James and how butthurt he got over the fact that Allie had no idea what he was talking about. What was that? Oh, James, stop trying so hard. Please. And he seemed really almost embarrassed. Like he's he's trying to love bomb her and he's trying to push the relationship to new heights the way he has with every woman in the past. And Allie is kind of not letting that happen. And I think it's irking him. <laughs> Speaking of irking things, the way, the way Ariana described, like when they're standing at the table and um, Schwartz said something about like needing to make out with someone or I'm going to make out with someone tonight. And Ariana was like, Raquel's ears like instantly perk up and she just appears out of nowhere. Like that's really telling. I feel like Ariana already knows a little bit about what trait like what personality trait that must be in Raquel to be doing that it's just sad to watch knowing what Raquel, like what Raquel is really up to behind Ariana's back at this point point. and her comment about Schwartz only liking to make out with people when he's married was interesting and I'm here for that dig but the way they all went on to Schwartz about Katie sandoval specifically saying like he doesn't want his ex-wife around and like the emphasis he put on ex-wife sandoval hates katie
0: oh my god he is so repulsive (laughs) uh that was a really interesting scene for me because i posted a tiktok about this on our page i saw raquel making eyes to tom during this group chat and i'm talking serious eyes flirty eyes All the eyes. It was so obvious. I, You know, this is the part of Schwartz that is so endearing. Because I do feel like he truly cares about Katie. And I'm starting to wonder if the group's opinion of her has maybe perhaps played a major role in their relationship. Especially Sandoval. Hating her clearly.
1: But how much can you care about a person? How much can you care about a woman as a man if you're not willing to stand up to your friends about her? Like, I agree he does uh, care for Katie, and this probably has soured his opinion of her over time. But it just it speaks to his flawed personality that he was never able to stand up for her and he was never able to be like, shut the fuck up, Sandoval. Like, that's my wife. It is such a
0: huge testament to Schwartz's personality. It's pathetic, really. But he's always been pathetic. And it's interesting because I really do believe Schwartz needs a mother type of woman, a strong woman, an independent woman, but he doesn't really want that, maybe. He needs it, but he doesn't want it. I feel if you took Sandoval out of the picture... I have a feeling Katie and Schwartz may have lasted longer. So you're right. I think Schwartz is just a pathetic little man.
1: He needs her to fill that role. And then he hates her for filling that role. It's messed up. Katie seems really pissed about Schwartz's friendship with Brock too. And I think, okay, so there's, there are elements of betrayal there, obviously because of Sheena, like, of course, but I also think it was the way she's, she's seeing Schwartz rewriting history again. He's painting himself as way better friends with Brock and Sheena than he ever was. I feel like Katie's frustrated that he's slipping into the role of being friends with the rest of the cast because she knows that she won't be accepted that way. And I think she also knows Schwartz is being phony about it. I don't think Schwartz actually, you know, friends with Brock.
0: I don't think so either. It's interesting you say that, though, because I feel like Sheena is doing the same thing to Katie that Schwartz is doing to Katie. It's like, oh, they broke up. Okay. Oh, Schwartzy, Schwartzy, let me hire a, a, you know, a designer and all these things. And she's with him, I think, it seems like quite a bit. So, obviously, Katie is going to feel like she is being pushed out. And we all know Schwartz is a charming little, little man and he's sweet and he's funny. And unfortunately, Katie, because she has been in such an unhappy place for so long, she's sitting over at that table with Christina and Lala complaining about everyone else. She's not that
1: fun to be around and Schwartz is. Yeah, that's, that's an unfortunate reality. I'm hoping as time goes on and we like realize and see more about the Scandal that Schwartz becomes less and less likable. Like already Sheena's turned her back on him. So that's a start.
0: Yes, we're getting there. So it is a start. <laughs> Let's see how that plays out. Oh, and then we get to the most awkward scene in television history where Schwartz and Raquel go to their private table by the pool and they start talking about making out before they've
1: actually even made out. It was really bizarre. I think Schwartz and Raquel could have been a pretty good match. Like if, if we didn't know anything else, if nothing had happened. And I mean, if I could put aside the fact that neither of them have sexual chemistry at all, I would have seen this. I would have seen them as being ideal for each other, but Sarah the kiss. Ugh, Narelle.
0: I saw a tongue, Norel. I saw Schwartz's tongue eject out of his mouth into hers, and I was like, no, there." Uh, the whole thing seems so fake. But why use tongue if it was fake?
1: This made me question things. It is giving me major, like kissing your grandfather vibes. I don't, okay, I don't want to be nasty. I feel as if Schwartz, I think he smells. (gasps) Oh, I was just thinking this. I was just thinking
0: this as you were saying it. I'm like, I know what she's going to say. I know she's going
1: to say it. And the kiss kiss came on the heels of him hiding behind a pole like a garden gnome, asking his ex-wife to trim his abnormally fast-growing armpit hair. So maybe that's it? Like, I just feel, I think he smells, I think he smells of urine. My whole body (laughs) cringed watching the kiss. Like, it was not hot, not sexy. I would have dove in the pool if I saw him leaning in to kiss me. Oh,
0: my God. And you know what kind of makes it worse for me? Is Raquel does look like a pageant queen. Like a pageant child, I should say. Personality-wise, I think Tom and Raquel would be in their own little bubble, happy as little clams. But you need one adult, right? And both people do not, cannot smell,
1: you know? I think what both Toms are seeing in Raquel and probably very attracted to in Raquel is her childlike naivete. Did I say that right? Probably not. She requires so little from them. And that is refreshing because they have both been in relationships with women who require partners who are adults and who contribute equally to a relationship. I'm feeling like Raquel probably doesn't have those kinds of standards and it's probably like being on an, you know, an amusement park ride. Like it's thrilling while it lasts.
0: Oh my God. Hand clap emoji, hand clap sound. We don't have sense yet, but if we did, um, because yes, absolutely. I mean, Raquel dated James. So that must have been a train wreck. Okay. So anyone after James would look like a grown ass man. Neither of those of these boys are. It's the cutesy thing for me. It's the cutesy and the giggly and that everything I am not. So I'm a little jealous and a little resentful about it. But she's just so feminine and she's just so cutesy. She giggles and she
1: thinks everything you say is funny and she likes to have fun. You're forgetting, though, that James, as like broken of a man as he is, he is highly uh, organized, highly detail oriented. He paid for everything for Raquel. He was the organized adult, surprisingly, in their relationship. He organized all the trips. He organized what they were doing every day. He was super, not maybe he was controlling. I don't know, but he controlled the relationship. Raquel was not the smart one. Well, she's never the smart one, but you know what I mean. Neither of the Toms are a good fit for her in that situation. She needs a parent, and they need a parent. It's, It's just kids running amok with each other.
0: I think you just pretty much summed up. Why Schwartz said their relationship is toxic. It, it This is a disaster waiting to happen and it won't take long. I'm very curious to see when it all comes crashing
1: down. Ooh, and this was what, episode nine? Yes. Okay, so my sources tell me it's around episode 10 or starting after episode 10 that the scandal begins. So we're almost there.
0: <laughs> I don't want to be excited. I'm sorry, but I am. Oh, my God.
1: I don't want it to be a situation of something that you're looking forward to so hard and then it happens and it goes by so fast and then it's over. Like, what are we going to do after this Scandal? Isn't um, Atlanta coming out pretty quick? Was it Atlanta, Norelle? Uh, I think. Yes. But I'm just saying that to make it look like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs>
0: Anyway, I think we'll have some new material to look forward to. Jersey isn't overly doing it for me. I hope things get spicy next week. But right now, I'm just very obsessed with ball.
1: Definitely. Jersey's going to pick up, I think, because we've got the makeout. We've got the kiss. That's going to mm. happen. Did it happen? We don't know yet, but I hope it happened because I'm just, I'm, you know, Raquel is to tom what drama is to me which is heroin and i need it and i need more of it all the time i know
0: you know what i told someone the other day i said because i got them watching vanderpump rules and they're like the drama it's just there's so much and they're going back to season one I'm like i know i think by watching these shows i get second hand drama like my fill of it.
1: So I don't create it anymore.
0: That's progress. Okay.
1: I mean, we are when it comes to like watching shows like this, like we are seasoned vets. We've been doing it for years. You know, the drama, like it runs through our, our veins. I agree. This is how we we live it out. We <laughs> are able to express ourselves dramatically while reserving it in our personal lives. So it's actual therapy. If you think about it,
0: seriously, I'm, I'm going to encourage anyone who needs more drama in their lives to just watch shows like this. Tell all your friends to watch Vanderpump rules.
1: Yeah. It's it's good medicine. I think for the soul. Well, Narelle,
0: (laughs) this has been so much fun as normal. Oh, I
1: know my favorite part of the week. Me too. What are you doing for Easter? Um we are going to have like a roast dinner we got um and then also oh my God, we got artichokes and every time I eat artichoke, obviously I think of you because of when we were living together as teenagers going on a diet and I was like, oh Sarah, let's have these artichokes because they're vegetables they will get skinny and then, We would just drown them in garlic olive oil until you looked at the calories on the olive oil. And we realized, ah, yes, that's why we haven't lost any weight. (laughs) Having
0: like half a cup of olive oil every night. But it was the most delicious thing I've ever had in my life. And now every time I eat an artichoke, I think of you. (laughs) The revelation when when I turned that olive oil bottle and that's when I started counting calories I was like on Weight Watchers or something I'm like Norel, it's like a hundred calories a quarter teaspoon or something
1: I can't believe there was ever a point in my life where I didn't know that olive oil is high calorie and high fat isn't it weird to think about just thought like olives olives are healthy what are you up to for Easter
0: We are going to go see Troy's mom and family. So it's going to be a Mm -hmm. quick visit and then back to work. Yeah, we're going to have an Easter egg hunt and have a little visit with the fam. It'll be good.
1: Aww. Little little Cody Bear is going to do some Easter egg hunting.
0: He is. We're going to be in your area.
1: Oh my god. I know, but I don't know if I have time
0: to come visit you this time.
1: We'll talk about this later and I'll see if I can guilt you into something. (laughs) Okay. So this is, this is on my mind. I'm going to do it properly this time. Okay. Until next time, stay truthful. And not hopeless. Should we
0: say thanks for, no, we kind of did a. Thanks, Thanks for, for our listeners. We already did cover that.
1: We want to kiss their asses, right? Exactly. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this in. <laughs>